Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. There's a story about a middle-aged couple that had finally learned how to send and receive texts on their cell phones. Come on, older crowd, have you figured it out yet? All right. Well, the wife, being a romantic, decided she'd send her husband a text while she was out having coffee with a friend. So here's what she texted. If you're sleeping, send me your dreams. If you're laughing, send me your smile. If you're eating, send me a bite. If you're drinking, send me a sip. If you're crying, send me your tears. I love you. Come on, everybody, give me your response. (laughs) Well, her husband, being a no-nonsense sort of guy texted back, I'm on the toilet, please advise. (laughs) Now, how many would agree with me that relationships are crazy? Come on. I'm alone in this? Oh, my goodness. The moment you enter into a relationship, you're in for the ride of your life. I believe with everything I've got. When you choose, whether it's in a friendship or in a marriage, whatever it is, oh my goodness, there are moments of crazy. There are moments of great highs. There's moments of great lows, true? But it is a ride, unbelievably a ride of your life. In fact, let me help you with it. Anybody know what the highest point on the planet is? Mount Everest. Mount Everest, that's right. Five and a half miles high. Which really isn't that far when you look at it this way, but you stand it on end. It is a long way up there. Anyone know the lowest point on the planet? It's the Dead Sea. 1,412 feet below sea level. The lowest point on the planet. In fact, I've been there. And when I was standing next to the waters, I can truly say I was at the lowest point in my life. And so... (laughs) told you, you're in for a ride. Well, what's the highest grossing movie? Anybody know? Was this year? I heard it said, Endgames. Avengers Endgames. It just surpassed Avatar, $2.8 billion. One movie. It's crazy, isn't it? Anybody know the lowest grossing movie? Not your life, okay. <laughs> chitty, chitty, bang, bang. <laughs> That's Oh my goodness. It's not. It's Zizix Road. Was in, ready for this? It was in the theater for one full week, made 30 bucks. $5 a ticket. I went six times. And so, <laughs> does anyone know the highest temperature ever recorded in North America? Does anybody know? 134 degrees Death Valley. Is that crazy? By the way, by the way, in 1967, not official, but it was said to have reached 188 degrees in Abadan, Iran. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's hot, okay? Anybody know the lowest temperature? Antarctica. 128 below. Yeah, and everybody look up here. If you whine this week, someone ought to slap you, okay? (laughs) Just ought to slap you silly. We'd be complaining. Could you imagine this? Oh, my goodness. You'd blink and your eyes freeze shut. It's crazy. By the way, Spearfish, South Dakota, this is absolutely true. Spearfish, South Dakota holds the world record for the fastest temperature change ever in history. Did anyone know that? This is wild. In 1943, it went from minus four below to 49 above in two minutes. That is, oh, why are you going wild? Because if, if you're married, there's a man in this room that doesn't know the power of one word and the temperature changes. You know what I'm saying? 
Come on, any man want to admit that? Oh my goodness. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But here's the deal. Just like nature, so is relational life. There are highs, there are lows, there are ups, and there are downs. And we would all agree, nothing delivers more of those than a relationship. Fair? And we're going to talk about, if I was to entitle this message, it would be, how do you create healthy relationships? We're going to talk about healthy relationships. Because one minute, it's bliss. And the next minute, it's blisters. You know what I'm talking about. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Colossians 3. While you're going to Colossians 3, we're going to look at, at a portion of Paul's letter in chapter 3. But I want you to listen to this very carefully. This series is really important. We talked about what would it be like to live an unshakable life. Can I help you with this? There's a reason why. When I put all this together and really sought God, when we came out of unshakable, why are we talking about relationships? Because if you don't get these right, you're going to live a shaked up life. Because God created you and I for relationships. Now, you ready for this? You can walk through life on easy street if you choose to do it in isolation. But you're not going to like the way it ends because you're in full rebellion against God. In fact, I want to say it again. And it's probably why America's struggling right now. It's because there's a lot of isolation going on. And you can't be walking with Jesus and live in isolation. You can't be walking in with Jesus, living in isolation, and say the word of God is your authority. Because you have to tear out a load of pages. Because you and I were created by God to be in relationship with others. That's why we need to learn the art of forgiveness. That's why we've got to let it go. This is why we have to embrace those things and understand what the scriptures say. Because anything other than that is in a rebellion against God. We're created for relationships. Did you know that? And I know that people will hurt you and people will let you down. And I'm probably one of those people. This is a broken world, but we don't have to choose to let it control us or dominate us. But in the freedom of Christ, we can experience the fullness that God wants us to experience. And we can have healthy relationships. Amen to that? So while we're on this ride of life, we can experience everything that God wanted for us. And so I want to read from Paul's letter, Colossians chapter 3. I want you to look what it says. Beginning in verse 12. Since God chose you, this is for everybody. Who chose you? God. We're going to talk about relationships here. This whole passage is about relationships. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, we're called to be holy. Holy means to be doing the right stuff. It means to be walking in harmony and unity and intimacy with God. We're called to live that life. That's why we've got to stop saying as Christians, well, we all make mistakes. Jesus didn't go to the cross to justify us in our humanity. Jesus went to the cross to redeem us in our humanity that we would start walking in the Holy Spirit of God. Do you understand that? It's a little weird for God to go, well, we all make mistakes. And he's like, well, what did I die for then? I died for those mistakes. Quit letting your humanity define you. Start letting the Spirit of God define you. You're my children. I'm your father, and I cannot fail you. I chose you. And when I chose you, I chose to be holy because I love you. So look what it says. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, here's why I tell you this is all about relationships. Look what he says. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. If you like to circle a word, you might want to circle the word must. Okay? He's not giving you an option. 
Holiness forgives. Unforgiveness is not holiness. Unforgiveness is you walking in your humanity. But you don't know what they did to me. See, you're making you the focus. Because you ought to do is look at the cross and remember what he did for you. You see the difference? Or to be like Jesus. So look what it says. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Let the message of Jesus fill your life. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God to each other with a thankful heart. Oh my goodness. With a thankful heart. In everything the Bible says, Paul says, give thanks to God. In everything, we give thanks. And whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Here it comes again, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I want to talk about three keys to navigating our relationships for health. How do we create relationships that are healthy, that are godly, the way God wants us to live? Here's the first one. If you got your notes, write it in. When challenged, love. Say it with me. When challenged, love, which is easier to express than it is to exercise. Now, I'm being kind in the word challenged. But we talked about ups and downs. If you're in a relationship, or even if it's a friendship, there's going to be challenges you're going to have to face. There's going to be challenges you're going to have to navigate. Is that true? But Paul said what? Love. You're to clothe yourself. I love it. That's the dress for success. If you want to be successful, you get up every morning and say, I'm going to love. I'm going to clothe myself with love. Anybody like the movie Elf? Okay, it's coming up on Christmas, but I, I want to show you a clip from Elf. Watch this. In every relationship you get into, here's a fact. Buttons will get pushed. Anybody know a button pusher? Go ahead, look at him. Point at him out. Okay? Because what I just said isn't what you think. This is the problem. See, we, we get into a relationship, and there's always that person who likes to push our buttons. But I, I want to help you with this. Because I, I think we got it wrong. I, I don't know if you've been there, but ever plan a quiet evening and everything's going as planned? I mean, it's romantic. Everything you were hoping for, and then something gets said. Yeah. Y'all with me? And the elevator doors close. Hmm. And you're staring in a face of buttons. And the question is, which button do I push? <laughs> See, when someone pushes your button, they're not actually pushing the button. You are. You get to decide what floor to get off on. When a challenge comes into a relationship, it isn't the challenge that's the problem. It's how you respond. Do you push, let's go up to the penthouse? Or do I react and push down to the outhouse? <laughs> you see, you get to respond. It's you. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 17, starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. Here's what he says. So stop it. Do you know what he's saying? You decide. But I've, I've learned that there's a lot of people in a relationship would rather be heard than to give it hope. Amen. They would rather be right, which means if you engage the argument... When you're in the end right, you're always wrong according to God. You'll have challenges. You get to decide what floor you want to get off on. It's up to you. So when you're challenged, you love. 
Solomon says, stop it before the argument ever gets out of control. Oh, it might come out, but it doesn't have to go out of control. President Woodrow Wilson said these words, the way we generally strive for rights is by getting our blood boiling. And I venture to say, that's the long way, not the short way. If you come to me with your fist doubled, I think I can promise that mine will be too. But if you come to me and say, let's sit down and take counsel together, and if we differ from one another, understand why we differ, we will probably find that we're not so far apart after all, that the points on which we differ are few, and the points on which we agree are many, and that if we only have the patience and the candor and the desire to get together, we're probably more together than we are apart. I think Reed share with you that we have developed over the years a pretty close relationship. Have we had challenges? Yes. But we never make the challenge the focus. We make the relationship the focus. And so we sit down, we have great conversations, and amazingly enough, every time we come away, we're closer than we were before it all started. It's worth it, is it not? It's worth it. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a real friend loves at what? All times. A real friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Isn't that interesting? Do you know what Solomon's saying? You better figure out love because you're going to have adverse conditions. You're not going to experience brotherhood or sisterhood without the challenges but when you choose to love, it does something to the relationship. It's amazing. So again, when challenged, love. Peter said, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Why would he say that? Because we're going to go through a multitude of sins. You're going to let me down. I'm going to let you down. But Jesus was hung up. So he can lift us up. He can bring us up if we choose to love. Amen to that? Here's number two. When wounded, pray. Say that with me. When wounded, pray. I think you'll appreciate this story. I read about a man who wandered into a small and cluttered antique shop. Anybody ever been there? He's walking around up and down the aisles, browsing, seeing the usual furniture, lamps, vases, oil, paintings, you know, all the common stuff that you see in an antique store. He then turned a corner and his eye was caught by a cat drinking milk out of a saucer. Looking closely, he was astounded to discover that it was no ordinary saucer dish that the cat was lapping milk from. It was a beautiful Ming Dynasty dish, a very rare dish worth thousands of dollars. The owner must not know how much this dish is worth. He wouldn't be letting a cat drink out of it. Excited at the prospect of being able to purchase the dish for a bargain price, he approached the antique store owner and said, you know, that cat you have is the most beautiful cat I've ever seen. Would you consider selling him to me? Oh, no, 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 no. That cat is special to me in more ways than you can imagine. Not only is it a great companion, but he keeps the mouse population under control around here. Well, I understand that, said the man, but I, I really, really like your cat. Tell you what, I'll give you $200 for that cat. The owner rubbed his chin for a while and finally said, okay, if you like him that much, I guess I'll sell him to you for $200. They exchanged the cash, shook the hand, and the deal was done. The man paused for a moment, and here comes his unbelievable undermining moment. You know, I'm also going to need something to hold that cat's food, you know. How about throwing in his dish there for an extra 10 bucks? No, 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 I couldn't do that. That's a very rare Ming Dynasty dish. It's worth thousands of dollars. And not only that, it's a very lucky dish for me. Since I've been letting my cat drink out of it, I've sold 15 cats. <laughs> Now, don't miss this. I think that's how a lot of us understand prayer. 
We don't see it as the necessity to the relationship. We see it as sort of a negotiation. Like, for instance, people come and they'll say, Pastor, I prayed and prayed and God wouldn't answer. But God knows that over here you're holding bitterness in your heart towards someone else. That's why the Bible says you are to leave the altar and come and make it right with your brother or sister. We don't negotiate with God. Well, God, if you do this, I'll do this. And Jesus says, no, I already did everything. See, when it comes to wounds, if we don't understand the power of prayer and the power of running to the altar, something really ugly is going to happen. And I want to help you with this. The Bible says that you and I, when wounded, are to pray. There's a reason why we need to pray. And I don't want you to miss this because you'll never get better if you stay bitter. And so when you're wounded, watch this. You need to pray for them, not pray on them. And a lot of people miss this. The Bible actually says in Job 42, pray for others even when you feel misunderstood or hurt by them. Jesus said what? Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those. When they slap you on one cheek, you give them the other. That's not a common way we do things in this country, is it? You know, the great example for this is Jesus. I think Jesus is the greatest example of the power of prayer. Does anybody remember before he went to the cross? It was but a few hours earlier, he's in the garden praying. Do you know I believe he never stopped praying even when he got up and left the garden? Do you know why I know that? Because clear over here on the cross, guess what he's still doing? Praying, Father, forgive them. Jesus, who knew no sin in the garden, began to talk with God, probably why when he got in front of Pilate, he didn't say anything. He was praying. Probably why he was in the garden and he's getting beaten when he's in the, in the court. He doesn't say anything. They're hurling insults at him. He's never sinned in his life. And on the cross, he says what? Father, forgive them. Just forgive them. Jesus understood when you're wounded, and no one was wounded more than he, you pray. You pray. You pray for them, not pray on them. 1 Peter 3 says this, don't retaliate when people say unkind things about you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Isn't that interesting? You might want to just put the word, pray them black for a blessing. That's what it means. The Bible goes on to say, this is what God wants you to do, and he will bless you for it. The more I pray, you ready for this? The less I say. But the more I pray, it seems the more I say. Have you noticed that? When I pray here, I very much little have to pray here. It's crazy how God changes the heart. There's an old word that we like to say around here, and it's the word wait. Do you know why we say it? It stands for, why am I talking? <laughs> Those who wait upon the Lord renew their strengths. Those who start here have to say little here. Because the one you're talking to has a way to do something in their life that you can't even begin to imagine. See, that's why when we're wounded, we pray. You're going to be wounded in a relationship. You don't write the relationship off. You're going to be wounded. And by the way, you're sometimes going to be the one who creates the wounds. We've all been there. But if you'll pray up front here, you'll pay very little in the end. But if you pray here on them, you're going to pay a lot in the end. That's why Paul wrote in Timothy, he says, pray for others, ask God to help them, not hurt them. Ask God to help them. This is why we pray. 
for them, not prey on them. So let me review again. When challenged, what are we supposed to do? Okay. When we're wounded, what are we supposed to do? Here's number three. When ignored, encourage. Say that with me. When ignored, encourage. Now, when I feel ignored, there's one of two things that I usually do. And you probably do the same thing. A lot of times when I'm ignored, I can find myself withdrawing. Anybody do that? In a marriage, they call it the silent treatment. Okay, raise your hand if that worked well for you. Okay, you with me on that? But that's what I'll do. Or the other thing that I'll do is when I feel ignored is maybe crack a joke. I'm feeling left out, so now if I can be the funny guy or do something that draws attention to me, I won't feel like I'm the fifth wheel on the outside. By the way, both of those are wrong. You know why? Because I'm making myself still the center of attention. See, I'm in a relationship and I feel ignored, so I withdraw. Guess what everybody else does? You okay? Everything okay? And, and then what do we do? We, we, we're dishonest. No, I'm, I'm fine. So I quit asking. I just figure if they want to be miserable, let them be miserable. You know what I mean? Why don't we just say, I'm feeling left out. And I'm making it about me. And I'm sorry. Or we try to be funny and we might take a shot and then we say, well, I'm just kidding. And we weren't. So you see, you can play it out any way you want. But God knows the motive. And the Bible says he judges the motive of the heart. And so can I offer a third? When you feel ignored, encourage. Make others the focus. Learn to give away rather than take away. One of the things I love to do, because I feel that way sometimes, I feel like a fifth wheel. I feel like nobody loves me, everybody hates me. I go through those moments. So what I do is I have a stack of cards, and Barbie knows because she keeps it filled. I start pulling them out and start writing cards to people and telling them I love them and finding ways of when I saw them doing great things, and I just tell people how great they are. I'll pick up my candy dish. I'm known as the candy man around here. And so with our staff, and I'll walk around offices, and I'll, and I'll just, uh, just let staff take candy. Now they know a lot of times, <laughs> you know what they're going to do this week? Feeling ignored, aren't you, Pastor? Anyway, um, and, and I'm like, yeah, go ahead, choke on it. Anyway, oh, no, I won't. Um, but just kidding. You see what I mean? You see how it works? See, we do this stuff all the time. Rather than just encourage. When you feel ignored, you feel left out, just encourage. Paul wrote to the Thessalonica church. Here's what he says. Encourage anyone who feels left out. You ready for this? And sometimes that's you. So encourage when others feel left out. Encourage when you feel left out. Now let me give you two ways you can do this. I'm going to invite the team to the stage. Here it is. First of all, real simply, grow yourself every day. That's the first thing you need to do. Grow yourself every day. When you grow yourself, you ready for this? You raise your value. You raise your value. Someone once said these words. You need to improve yourself. You're not good enough to stay the same. I like those words. If you want to make yourself feel better, make other people feel better. So you grow yourself, because when you grow yourself and you raise your value, you ready for this? Now you can give yourself and return that value. You see how it works? This is why I love to read. This is why I have people feeding my life. This is why I have an accountability partner. This is why I have mentors. This is why I have that in my life. Because I'm just like you. I feel left out. I feel discouraged. I feel those things. And so I have people around me and, and some of them, time, sometimes they have to call me on the carpet, but a lot of times they just say, listen, Keith, you're awesome. One of the things I love to do with Joanne is I've developed such a relationship with her. Sometimes I'll call her and she goes, hey, what's up? And I said, just feeling sorry for myself. You know what she says? Stop it. You're better than that. She's raising my value. You're better than that. You're better than that. We're victors in Jesus, not victims in Jesus. So when you feel ignored, you do what? You encourage. 
You grow yourself so you can give yourself. John Maxwell says these words, our question each day should not be, will I reap a harvest? Instead, our question should be, have I sowed seeds today? Don't look to what you get, go out and give. Maxwell continues, every day I look for opportunities to lift up people. Now, I do this by following a simple formula. Here's what he does. See the possibilities in them. Notice what they do and compliment them in public and make sure they heard you do that. So you look and you see their possibility. You look at people as a gift and then you find ways to go, man, that was really awesome. And you make sure they, others hear it and you make sure they heard you do it. Not that they'll go, oh, thank you, because you want them to know they have value. They have value. You grow yourself so you can give yourself. You raise your value so you can return the value. Leo Biscoglia says it this way, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring. Look what he says. All of which have the potential to turn a life around. And I, I can tell you story after story after story where I've watched this. Story after story. People you don't even know, but they've become friends of mine. They've never been to this church yet. But over and over, I've watched that, how it's changing their life and how much that means to them. I want to show you another quick video. This is really short, so don't miss it, because I think we've all been there. Watch this. We've all been there though, haven't we? <laughs> See, we've all been there. So I'm gonna show you the secret now, and this is, this is the secret, that you don't get yourself caught between the bars in life and relationships. Too many people, when I look at the world, do you wanna know something? Their head's caught in the bar, and that's how they live the rest of their lives. So many people are, are stuck like that. Because I'm going to show you the secret. So I want you to look at your notes real quick, and I want to show you something. I want you to go to the first point that I made. And I said this, when challenged, love. How many have ever been challenged by a person? Come on, put your hand up. Okay. How many of you can think of a name right now? I'm going to show you the secret. You all ready for this? Okay. On your notes, between the word when and challenged, I want you to write their name. See, when you first read through this, when challenged, love, when I'm challenged, how about you get the focus off you and say, when Reed challenges me, I'm going to love Reed. How about owning it right now? How about realizing that maybe you have a hard time writing their name down because you're holding on to bitterness, but you wonder why your prayers are not heard because God knows your heart right now. You're using the cat to try to get to the dish. And God knows the dish is still there and he knows the motive. See, this is the way this works to create healthy relationships. Hey, let's try another one. You know where this is going. How about number two? When wounded, pray. Who's wounded you? Write their name. Can you write it? By the way, you don't have to. God already knows it. And he knows that you're really struggling with it. He knows it hurt you deeply. And so you're just holding on to it. And God's like, why would you do that? When so-and-so wounded you, why don't you come to me? Why don't you get on your knees and say, God, I'm really bitter. God, I need that. I need to let go of that. I'm, how selfish is that me? I'm making that hurt greater than your cross. God, I'm going to pray for so-and-so. Lord, I pray that right now that you would touch them. I pray that you would show them your love. I will tell you this. When you start praying for others, you'll quit praying on others. Amen. It's amazing how it works. How about the last one? 
You want healthy relationships? When I'm ignored, I encourage. Who's ignored you? Who makes you feel left out? Put their name in there. Write it on there. I know some of you are thinking, if I write their name, other people are looking. Well, they shouldn't be looking. God, I pray for those people that are roaming with their eyes right now. You know? I pray they keep their eyes in their own paper. They got their own work to do. But you know, there's something about writing that name and being honest. There's something about exposing it to the light. It's like, God, I, these people always make me feel left out. And you go right back and pray for them. When you see them, you find ways to encourage them. You say, I just want to tell you, 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 you do such an amazing job, like, leaving me out. Thank No, no, no. no. <laughs> but you find ways to compliment. And you find ways to encourage and lift them up. Give away, don't take away. We're going to be challenged. We're going to get wounded. You're going to feel ignored in relationships. It's just something about her humanity, but we're not going to walk in our humanity. We're going to walk in the spirit of God. So we're going to do what Jesus said. We're going to love, we're going to pray, and we're going to encourage. We're going to love, we're going to pray, we're going to encourage. Say it with me. We're going to love, we're going to pray, we're going to encourage. Look at someone, say it again. We're going to love, we're going to pray, we're going to encourage. Amen? Father, boy, you, you made us for relationship. You made us for relationship. You created us for relationships. And it's in the relationships that we actually discover who you really are as you are in a relationship with us. God, healthy principles are in your word. We're going to get wounded. We're going to get challenged. We're going to feel ignored and left out. All of that stuff happens more than it should, but... We're that way, and not only have we felt it, we've probably delivered it. But in all of it, you love us. <laughs> the Bible says that you pray, Jesus, to the Father on our behalf. And all the way through Scripture, you're telling us how amazing we are. You're the one who modeled this, and you're asking us to do the same. God, may that be our heart. May we choose that right now in the name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.